When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Troy Noons is an Absolute Podcast. With you as always your host, Steve Haller, and joining me, my, as always, co-host, because, well, they're always my co-host, Andy Pregler and Christian Guzman. How are we doing, guys? Doing pretty good, considering uh, any of our head coaches have yet to slap an opposing head coach in the face after a game. Of all the things that could have happened to us, Hold on. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, I guess I guess the FU Debo is probably the closest thing we got. Yeah, and like mm-hmm. to be fair, that was pretty tame, and like half the country agreed with it anyway. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. I'm not 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 sure that that actually like counts in the same way. But although to be fair, all things considered, I really don't like Wisconsin basketball. So you know what? Maybe it is exactly the same. <laughs> Uh, welcome to what was a very weird week, uh, to give you an idea of where we're at in this show, we were all talking about video games that we'd rather be doing than playing, or than watching Syracuse sports, so that's where we're at. Um, this was not, and I mean this very seriously, I went back and looked through it, there was not a lot of news that happened this week, which is, like, the first time in, like, three months that we've had, uh, a, a soft week that wasn't, uh, that some sort of transfer or portal news or player that we didn't expect to get hurt getting hurt nah it was all I mean, quiet on the eastern front <laughs> i mean now that you say that i am furiously refreshing twitter because something is bound to happen right now yeah oh. i know like just watch stephen bailey's gonna blow up my spot in the next five minutes and we're gonna have to like break news on this podcast uh yeah, we'll, we'll refer to that as cooney's law <laughs> cooney's law that's, in. That's, that is a perfect way to put that that's incredible uh, the good news is that that means we get to start off with the biggest games of the week, which were on the lacrosse field. Hello, Syracuse lacrosse fans. Your time is now. You are now the biggest sport on campus. Um, will they you... were they were they were always the biggest sport on campus. We just failed to recognize it before the because we were because people were so shocked that Syracuse could put together a four game winning streak in basketball. True. That's uh, that's I, actually very true. <laughs> I'm still uh, actually surprised about that. <laughs> for the record. And yeah, if anyone goes I, back and listens to prior podcasts, I'm sure it'll be apparent that I'm very surprised about that still. 
<laughs> I mean, we did call it that they were going to go off on a win streak. We did not call the broken wrist from Jesse Edwards. That really did throw a damper on things. Um, but was, that is the most that is Cooney's way we could Syracuse. So here we are. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now, and now we lead into the real Syracuse. Also played in the Carrier Dome because why not? Uh, on the lacrosse field. Yeah. I feel like that. I feel like that takes people some time to get used to. Wait, so you play football, basketball, and lacrosse all in the same place? Yeah, yeah. Why not? And it was built for none of them. Just, just no. none of them. It's not. It, it's like maybe it was built for football, but like really, it was built to be a space. Right. It was. <laughs> it was built for football. It was designed for nothing. that is all you architecture nerds out there who are wishing like the carrier dome revamps would have actually done something i'm sorry it's still the same i have yet to go into the new revamped dome uh but all it for all intents and purposes it seems the exact same dome just with a bigger scoreboard in the middle Uh, that's all it is it's all just a bigger scoreboard and air conditioning and that's it i mean the latter kind of helps significantly as well yeah and I, uh, I may or may not have today gotten the go code from my wife to go possibly cover the uh, the spring game. So, are we going to potentially have two credentialed reporters at the spring game? This God, wow. what a, this could be a thing. <laughs> what a time! What a time to be alive! And, and if is... the, the past spring game that I covered is any indication, <laughs> uh, Christian will walk around doing whatever reporters actually do, and I'll stand in front of the offensive line and watch drills because that's what happened last time. <laughs> And to be fair, that's kind of what everybody was tuning in for anyways. <laughs> we know our target uh, demographic at this point. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that's about all football talk we're going to get this week yeah. because there was no football news this week. Uh, cool. Good for you, Syracuse <laughs> football. Keep it chill. Keep it chill. I'm sure that you're going to p- come up with something uh, this week to, to completely throw us off. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, there was one piece of football news. I lied. I lied. Um, it came out on th- on Valentine's Day, which is probably why we missed it, because that was Monday and feels like it's a year ago. Uh, Five million dollar gift to the John A. Lolly Athletics Complex uh, in from uh, a couple, uh, an alumni couple. And the gift will be in the donate. It will be in the name of Floyd Little. Um, this is not going towards anything in particular. It's just five million towards the 150 million fundraising goal that athletics is striving towards to build what we found out through Syracuse.com is go- um, an expansion and a reworking of Ensley and Manly to be more up to standards of other D1 schools. To un- so- unscrew that. Because I still, I I believe it was two weeks ago when um, Mr. Andy Pregler, who happens to be on this cast, I don't know, you may have heard of him, uh, sent me a tweet um, or retweeted something to me uh, showing a high school in Texas and their facility. Oh no, I saw this, I saw this. And my response to him was, that would be okay if it was Colorado State because they were the Rams and they were the same exact Mm -hmm. color. And I'm sitting there, I'm like... That that would even be impressive for Colorado State, and this this thing was just downright oh my god. Um, 
and then you. But, I mean, you you're wonder, not you're not seeing that you're not seeing that at CNS or West Jenny. I can no, tell you that. No, no, I I can walk to West Jenny's and it's not like that. I can confirm. <laughs> um, the uh, but you people that wonder where we are in the athletics race, we have Texas high schools that are blowing us out of the water in the facilities race. So, but to be fair, most schools are getting blown out by Texas high schools because also Texas because Texas is that hungry for high school football. Yeah, it's so weird, but that that was just painful to watch. Well, I think that that's also, Christian, you bring up a really good point that Texas high school is its own unique animal, but when you're the SEC or you're the Big, tri- the Big 12 is trying to do what the SEC is doing, but they're failing miserably at it, which is hold themselves to be, you know, the next level up from Texas high school football, which is why they choose to spend oodles of money on things like facilities and locker rooms and consistently revamp those because they're primarily recruiting these kids who when they go on a college visit to Syracuse it's a step down from the facilities that they normally get which is partially why Syracuse doesn't try to recruit that heavily in you know in Texas or in these areas so this is why they that five million is going to be used to build the proposed sky bridge between main campus and south campus There's a lot there's a lot in that plan. And again, I appreciate Syracuse.com like doing some like real capital J journalism and digging through like plans submitted to the to the city or something like something along those lines. Like they found them uh, through some digging. But I do think it's interesting to see what Syracuse does with that space, because I think for a very long time and Steve, we're 12 minutes in before I I make the old reference here. But I think that there is a certain generation that Christian and I do not fall into. And Steve, I think you might be probably on the the bridge for this where there's some reverence around Manly and keeping the Manly Fieldhouse intact because of what it represented And I feel like that's a very older generation thing, an older fan thing. And people who did not see a game in Manly do not have that reverence for it. And now the majority of fans fall into that category. Right. That that would be the Syracuse equivalent of back in my day and get off my lawn because they're like the whole. Yes, there's reverence for Manly. There's a lot of history there, but it's. I mean, that, what did they close? They close. they stopped playing there in 81. I was born in 84. 84. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, you know, just for you guys that were nowhere near the decades that I was alive, um, I was born in 84, so I wasn't even born when this all went down. So it's, it's definitively, if anyone is calling for it, like, people my age don't even know what the hell Manly is. We know what our parents or our friends' parents told us, and that's it. Like, there's no, even even from my age, there's no tie to Manly. It's just like, okay, there was a cool moment with John Thompson there. Great. They had a dirt floor. That seems dumb. But <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's where, yeah. like, that that's about where it is. I mean, I, I get why people of that older generation have the reverence for it, but these kids coming in don't care. What an iota. Like they don't at this point they don't even care that John Thompson had his statement of this is officially closed. Like Yeah. That's that's like me telling like reading Charles Dickens to my son or something. Like <laughs> nobody's gonna care. Um so I mean if they can utilize that space in a way that works for modern sensibilities, I would say I'm all for it. 
Yeah, I think one of the things, and Christian, I, I know that we were just talking off show about this, about like how, um, you know, you're you're in a position where you get to go to a lot of different campuses and you're you're bouncing around uh, for school purposes. Uh, one of the first observations that I had when I was doing the same thing as a student and as somebody who had access to Manly as a quote unquote athlete was that <laughs> you quote unquote athlete very just making sure that I am not actually conflating myself to a D1 athlete. But behind me, there is a Syracuse varsity letter. So by default, I, I get to call I get to call myself that. <laughs> but like you go to a, a Cornell or you go to a Colgate or you even go to um, a Lemoyne. And sure, Manly is a big space, but it's not even a full indoor field. It's got you go to other facilities and you're like, oh, yeah, other places have stuff that's nicer than Manly that Syracuse is still using for like up until the, you know, the barn was built, was using for football drills. And so many other sports are predominantly using Manly as a practice space. And it's just one of these situations where. It's it feels very JV and it does not feel D1, especially when you look around the area and there are other schools that have equal, if not better facilities. I mean, look, you you brought up Colgate. Their hockey facility is very, very nice. Um, it was built specifically for hockey. Um, I think they're also getting to going to renovate their basketball facility as well and make that very nice as well. Their basketball facility is probably at the levels of Manly right now. So they're already going to make that better. Um, I'm not sure if that's actually going to happen or not. Um, that, that was a rumor I heard. But um, but the hockey facility itself that they already have just for Colgate is very, very good. And their women's program is one of the best in the nation. Um, so, And um, I can't speak to much of the other in-state uh, facilities that I have. Uh, been to because I haven't been to those many, but um, I can I say Messerink at Union College is a D1 facility. Yeah, and it's exactly. not great by any stretch. Okay, so I, sorry. <laughs> I, I lived in locker rooms underneath it, so uh, <laughs> that that became the hockey locker rooms after we were done with it. It's not like they got yep. special anything, so mm-hmm. it, it's it's weird. It's it's a big dichotomy on where where things tend to be. Mm-hmm. I think the I think one of the biggest shocks to me. When I was um, going through my travels as a grateful member of the student media here at Syracuse, was going to LSU. That was an eye-opening experience. Um, yeah, like I, like I never, growing up, like while I claimed to be a quote-unquote fan of football, um, I like I never really liked watching NFL football. Um, I always liked watching college more, um, and. When you're in New Jersey, you don't necessarily want to travel to the State University of New Jersey to watch a college football game. Yeah. Um, so, You've heard it here so, first, folks. Even if you're in New Jersey, you don't want to go to Rutgers for exactly. anything. Mm-hmm. So, so like that was my first experience of like what a college facility feels like and a college campus feels like for a football game. And then we we just me and a couple other people just spent the whole day just walking around the campus, seeing a couple of their facilities. Um, it was incredible to like see the quality that they held themselves up to. Um, so that, yeah. that's the level that's the level Syracuse is is trying to fight against when they're when they're trying to get the people from Florida to come to Syracuse. 
Yeah, and I like I wrote a whole article about it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there's a ton of schools that are currently in the process of revamping their facilities right now to have football specific facilities and to upgrade everything. So this 150 million plan is going to be interesting to see what actually comes to fruition as we all if you do not live in the central New York area and you're a Syracuse fan, um, construction can get very tricky based off of weather. So (laughs) it'll be interesting to see when this actually, you know, shovels are in ground and work begins and how long that actually takes and what when the shovels are also in ground to shovel away the squall that happened five minutes ago i'm I'm trying to think of the venn diagram of people you're talking to right now that didn't either go to syracuse or from syracuse new york yeah (laughs) i like i realized that as i was going through that sentence i was like i actually do not think that there is any syracuse fan who does not have a tie to upstate new york and therefore does not understand it's it's got to be like some kid whose parents were alumni yeah, and that's that's about it. Like that's that's who we're talking to with that statement. <laughs> so I was talking to uh, I was talking to Tommy Sladek, uh, the sports director at CNY Central today, uh, before the uh, before the lacrosse game started today, which I promise we'll get to at some point. But shows yeah. you how much we really don't want to talk about. Yeah, Syracuse we're we're really we're really burying the lead on this. Yeah, when we said we're leading <laughs> with Syracuse. Yeah, um, yeah, but um, we were um, we, we were talking about like. We were talking about the squall that happened yesterday, and Tommy's like, "Yeah, I never experienced what like an actual Syracuse squall. I thought I experienced the squall when he was uh, in college at Temple, but he never experienced the Syracuse squall. And boy, did he learn quickly!" Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> it, listen, I grew up in Erie. I thought I was ready for snow and cold, and I was. <laughs> And then Syracuse said, yeah, but like, let's add 30 inches and take knock off 10 degrees. Yeah, I thought I was ready for I thought I was ready for the cold after New Jersey winters. And then I had to walk to class during negative nine degree wind chill, walking down the Mount Tunnel at 930 in the morning. Yeah, it's, yeah if, uh, you, if you think, you know, crap weather, come to Syracuse and we'll say here, hold my beer. Exactly. Hold, hold, my, salt, hold my salt potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> So now that we've sufficiently spent time talking about general facilities and upstate New York weather, now we can talk about lacrosse Uh, (laughs) (laughs) because naturally where that's how it's going to work. We'll start with the women's lacrosse because you know what? Let's start happy. Then we can get into sad. Um, The the women's lacrosse team uh, defeated a really good Stanford team in the opener. Um, and then they beat Binghamton 23 to six. We talked about those last week. We, and you know, Christian was pretty, pretty straightforward on like that. Those are good wins. Let's see what happens this weekend. Um, before we start anointing anything or start saying that this team is going to be, you know, one of the, one of the bigger teams in the country and they knock off Stony number four, Stony Brook, 12 to 11, uh, big goal in the fourth quarter. Um, I'm pulling up exactly who scored it. Um, Syracuse was up nine to twelve. Olivia uh, Adamson scored the the go- the winning goal. Um, they allowed two more goals, um, but they were able to keep- hold on and uh, keep the door shut from there. Christian, uh, I'm interested to see if you caught any of this game and if you have any uh, uh you know takeaways from what on paper looks like a. I don't want to say statement win, but more of a statement of intent that this team is just as good as last year's team. So unfortunately, I wasn't able to catch uh, this game uh, because I was recovering on a backdrop tank after the men's game. Um, we'll get to why in a second. Um, but 
I, I caught on Twitter some of the uh, um, some of the input from the reporters that were at the game. Um, this got scary in the fourth quarter um, because of um, because there was actually another goal. Syracuse going to fourth quarter that got denied because of a stick check violation, um, and then um, both teams I think at some point, yeah, both teams lost a, a player. Um, uh, both teams had lost a player in the fourth quarter due to a second yellow card. So, um, this is like, there, there were some... Wrong, wrong sport. Yeah, um, <laughs> close, close enough. Um, I'm not sure how it actually works in women's lacrosse. So like, if you go down to... If you, go, if you have a, one less player on the field because of, uh, of, a, of a second yellow, or if you just replace that player. If I remember um, right, you just replace the player. Like yeah, just, I think that's what happens. I, I think that's what happens. Yeah, um, and I think there, I think you see that more often, or it's more more liberal giving cards because of that. Yeah, like with soccer, it tends to be held back a little if a ref mm-hmm. is doing stupid things. But if you don't have to go down a man, then might as well just get that person off the park if they're having a howler. Help, you say it's held back a little, and then you watch the Premier League. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it got scary in the fourth, um, especially uh, once Sierra Cockrell got her second yellow with 220 left. So, like, it, it wasn't over by any stretch of the imagination. Just like how good this Stony Brook team is, why they're ranked so highly. But like Andy said, I think Syracuse, while they'll like this win, there's ultimately bigger fish to fry. Um, and, and those bigger fish being Boston College and, um, and UNC. Um, so the, that's really the big one. Uh, the other big one, like the other biggest fish they have to fry is Northwestern at Northwestern, um, which two Tuesdays from now, that's going to be their big next game. They circle, it's, but then like, this never, is not a, never a big game in women's lacrosse. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's not, it's not like a national championship was lost because of that. Right. Um, so, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. Just, that just, or the BC the, game, Jesus. Yeah, I mean BC, Syracuse, BC is never for a big game in moments to cross either. Like never. Um, and there's no storylines around it t- there this year either. Never, <laughs> never, oh never, 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 never. I just realized, Christian, that looking at the schedule, like Syracuse ends the regular it's, season at BC. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. It, the, this is a, this is a, the the women's schedule is really tough because I mean when you come like even next week at Notre Dame is not easy. Like yeah, yeah. It's like that is that is not easy. Like Syracuse played some close games last year against that a very quality Notre Dame team. Um, I think they yeah, won both of them, but they were, but they were very close. Uh, like uh, it, uh, there's a um, it gets easy. I think it quote unquote gets easier after Northwestern, but then uh, but then that stretch where you have Notre Dame and then Boston College and then the ACC tournament that April is going to be intense for for the women. But yes, this was a like you said, a, a statement of intent to say, "Hey, um, we're we're here to not play around." I mean, Megan Carney had three goals and four assists, a seven point game for her. Megan Tyrell had four goals and an assist. I mean, Megan Tyrell is having an excellent start to the season. Um, Emily Harris uh, getting a brace. I think that's um, a, a good sign that she's again well on her way back to becoming the dominant force that she was. Um, before her ACL injury, um, so yeah. so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I think there's while it's good. I think 
I think a lot of people for this women's team expect this team to win. And then it's the April 9th game against UNC Day Circle. Yeah, that'll that all tracks. Uh, I think looking at the box score, Syracuse dominated on ground balls. They also had eight free position shots to Stony Brook's none. So like there's definitely an element where you can see that Syracuse was by no means the definitively better team. It was a close game between two evenly matched opponents and Syracuse was able to take advantage of the opportunities that it was given. And yeah, as you mentioned it, uh, they have uh, Notre Dame on Saturday, uh, 6 p.m., and then they have the Northwestern game. So we'll recap the Notre Dame game next weekend. And, you know, after after that, you know, they've got two games a week pretty much because of the way that the schedule shakes out. So it'll be the gauntlet. The gauntlet kind of starts now. But from what we've seen so far, this team is probably going to be able to handle it to a degree upon which they will be considered. And I would assume, um, I know that uh, the polls came out this week. Uh, it, was the women's team ranked in the most recent poll or not? Which one, the, the women's lacrosse team? Yeah. Three. They're third. They're third. Okay, great. It yeah. does, Q's.com for some reason does not list if Syracuse is the ranked team in any of the things, but it does list if the opponent is ranked. So please fix mm. that, Syracuse.com. <laughs> Yeah, that's well, Q's.com. Q's.com. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Syracuse.com. Yeah, that, Very different. Another, another <laughs> thing you have to learn living in Syracuse. Syracuse.com and Q's.com are two very different things. Yes. yes. Very much so. Yes. So, so Q's.com does not have Syracuse's ranking on there. So there we go. The women, the women can remain a top three team in the country. Um, a team that will probably not still be a top, uh, top team in the country are the men. You think they will after losing to the number one? Oh, uh, they won't be top. They won't. They won't be top ten. Well, yes. it depends on what else happened or is happening. That that okay. That's also fair. Um, this was a big hyped up game. Uh, Syracuse was playing the number one team, Maryland, at noon. Uh, there was the Simmons Ring of Honor, Gate and Rowan Jersey Retirement Weekend, and the men's team loses fourteen to ten to the number one ranked Maryland uh, Terrapins. It's Maryland's three and zero, and looks like a bit of a buzzsaw. The Maryland started with a five to nothing run, and yeah. Syracuse was chasing the game the rest of the way out. Uh, so I again, uh, Christian, you were you were covering this one. Yeah, is this is a game where the box score says four goals? I'm looking at the stats, and it feels like it might have been a bit more than that. Honestly. Yeah, after that first period where where Maryland went up four nothing and then quickly went up five nothing to start the second, like that was like really deflating. But the rest of the way until it just the the rest of the way, like it felt like Syracuse was in it because they kept on trading goals, and right. Syracuse went on that small run at the end of the second quarter. That was an insane stretch at the end of the second quarter. If you look from two fourteen to six seconds in the second quarter, three goals. Uh, one from Tucker Dordovic, two from Lucas Quinn. That was really the stretch where it, like, I felt like Syracuse was going to hang around with them. Um, they got it to within one goal twice. Um, so this was by no stretch of the matter like a blowout loss. Um, it really just was the, that five-goal stretch to start the game was really Syracuse's downfall. Um, and, and Kate, at the end of the game, and the press conference pointed it out th- uh, that much is that that was really the difference. They started out slow and 
because of that, um, they just couldn't respond in the right way because they just aren't really kept on trading goals. Right. And so, that's, that's something against a team of that quality that you can't, you know, yeah, exactly. diving behind early like that. You just, it's very tough to dig yourself out of the goal, but it mm-hmm. is promising to see them, you know, after going down, fighting back and yes. basically playing the man up from that point mm-hmm. on. So yeah. I, I think there's, there's something to be, something to be said there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, uh, you look at, uh, you look at the Syracuse individual performers, Dordovic, five goals in the game uh, on eight shots. Six of the shots were on goal, so f- converting five of six. That's awesome. It's uh, it's good to see him getting going. Yeah. And in, in general, it seems as if this team might have... I, I mean, we, we saw it in the last game that this team can score a lot of goals, but... Uh, against tougher competition, it looks like they're still going to be able to, you know, fire fire some shots off and potentially be able to outscore opponents even with the, some of the big injuries that they, you know, which they might need to do because Syracuse has had some big injuries on the defensive front, which is, is you know, basically puts even more pressure on the offense to, to perform and possess the ball. Um, you know, it's, I get it. It's, it's a difficult situation that Syracuse lacrosse finds itself in, um, especially with the schedule that they have. Yeah, it's. I think the tough thing as well when you look at the individual stats, um, only four Syracuse players scored. Like the bulk of the offense came from Dordovic and Lucas Quinn. Eight goals between them of Syracuse is ten. Mikey Berkman and uh, Jackson Brickwhistle, the other uh, goal scorers. There was no scoring from uh, Brandon Curry, no scoring from Oling Siebel, no scoring from Griffin Cook, um, guys you would expect to see on the score sheet. Um, and I think that was the big concerning thing for Syracuse is that none of those guys um, found their way onto the score sheet. Um, Curry only having one shot on goal is concerning. Um, he didn't have the best of games. Siebel didn't have the best of games. Um, Cook had some nice moments. Um, I don't think you'll expect him to be the primary scorer. So like his, his performance, I think, was okay. But it's it's concerning. The big concerning thing is that Curry and Siebold didn't find their way into the goal column. Right. Now, I mean, could that be could that be a function of Maryland looking to target them and shut them down specifically? Kind of like how you see, you know, uh, say a slot receiver that they're, uh, you know, double covering every single route he's running, uh, not have the production that you'd expect out of them. Um, potentially, um, I'd have to look at the tape back Yeah, and uh, just, just from my position, I was filming the game. Okay. Um, so, um, I said so like from the press box, uh, so like I was filming on the sidelines. So if I was on the press box, I could probably give you a better answer. Right. Um, but I'd have to watch the tape back to, to see how exactly they were covering them. Um, but what it looked like is that what, what it looked like is they were just a little hesitant, I would say, um, and, and they're really, really long in the shot clock to like fire some shots. And uh, uh, Maryland's goalkeeper Logan McNaney uh, had 12 saves on 10 goals allowed, over 50. Yep. percent And and from what I saw on Twitter, like some of the saves were pretty easy. Um, I got that feeling as well. Like he didn't have to, like while the saves you were making were good, um, he didn't have to try too hard for them either. Right. So, so at some point there's that that that's on shot selection. Right. And speaking of Syracuse, their top performer was probably Logan Wisnowskis, right? For oh, Syracuse, wait, yes. Never mind. Uh, no, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, for Syracuse. Yeah, he's still with us, right? He didn't. Yeah. Tra- oh wait, he did transfer yeah. to Maryland and is their mm-hmm. leading goal scorer. Okay, cool. Not no, not only their leading goal scorer, but probably going to be a top ten, a top three finisher for the Tawarton Award this year. Yep. Yep. He's very. He is very, very good. I'm so sad that we don't have Logan Swisnaskis on this team. Yeah, you know. Uh, transfer uh, portal taketh. The transfer portal taketh. Really just kind of tend to taketh. <laughs> and it, it really does taketh. Uh, <laughs> like, this, like this dude has the, a bunch of no context uh, Twitter accounts pop up nowadays. And it, it posted Louis Gauss's, uh, um bio page from Syracuse when he was a freshman. And when you pull it up and look at his uh, bio page now at uh, Maryland, he's gained nearly 15 pounds, and I'm pretty sure all of that is in muscle. Nice. That would, uh, that would do it. That would explain a lot. Uh, things don't get easier for the men's lacrosse team. They are also on the road this week. Uh, they will be playing noon on Saturday, televised on the ACC Network, because they are playing... Virginia, who is number two in the inside lacrosse poll. So Syracuse goes from home against number one to road against number two. That is <laughs> yeah. life in the ACC. This is, this is how rough this Syracuse uh, schedule is. So they go, we, we already talked about the women. For the men, it's at Virginia, number one. Back home against number 12, Army West Point, who remember Syracuse lost to last year. Yep. And then they have to play Hobart in a Krause Simmons Trophy, which you wouldn't think would be a hard game. But Hobart just this weekend upset number nine, Lehigh. Mm-hmm. Oh, joys. Yeah. And uh, from from what I remember in this game, I have to double check the stats. But Hobart, I believe, won the faceoff battle, which you wouldn't think is a big like um, a big thing. Like, oh yeah, you won the faceoff battle. Way who it was probably not by a lot. The thing is, Lehigh has widely considered to be yeah. So they went fifty fifty on the faceoff battle. But Lehigh's faceoff guy last year. I went 70% at faceoffs. That's okay. Oh. And Hobart went 50 50 against him. Okay. Oh, boy. I and, already. Uh, I'm, I'm not a doctor, but is. Uh, did did Falk decide to. Well, oh, you know what? Next, no, week, he, we should, he, next week we'll be okay. It's fine. Next week we'll be okay. Fop against UVA will be golden. <laughs> because because Fop against Pete LaSalle, for some reason, he turns into the Hulk. <laughs> All right, so we just got to look past UVA and wherever we're going next. We'll be okay. <laughs> it's it's the weirdest thing how Petey LaSalle is so dominant against every single other team. But yeah. then he plays Jacob Fop, and all of a sudden, it's Ant-Man versus the Hulk. Yeah, it's just his kryptonite, man. I'm, I did not know any of this, but this is also the most Syracuse thing that I could possibly hear. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for the record, I did look into what the other teams around Cuse did uh, this weekend. So um, above the big them, one is you. What's the that? big one is you and the big one is UNC. Yeah, the, UNC got boat raced by Ohio State. Yeah, um, like straight up, they were number five in the. I'm, and I'm looking at inside lacrosse's uh, yeah ratings, not. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's the media that's the media poll. Yeah, so they were they were number five. They just got yeah, boat raced by lacrosse. unranked. Yeah, inside lacrosse is basically the AP poll for okay. lacrosse. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they got they got completely housed by an unranked uh, and you know receiving votes, but unranked Ohio State. Uh, Yale won. Duke B 
beat... Uh, who did they take out? It was somebody right around the same area. Uh, might have been Lehigh again? Nope, Denver. So, Denver, who's yeah. below Syracuse. Uh, but under Syracuse, all four teams directly under Syracuse lost. And then oh. Loyola... I hadn't gotten to. Loyola lost as well. So... Oh. And they lost to Hopkins, who's also... Uh, also, guess who's, guess who's after Hobart? Hopkins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because why not? Because they'll probably be moving up to, like... We'll, we'll probably... The way it looks, we may stay at nine just because we lost tight to the number one. Maybe drop to ten, and Hopkins would be the one to jump us, which is just <laughs> not fun. <laughs> so, so to <laughs> recap, Virginia, one. Army, 12. Hobart probably will be ranked this week. Hopkins, ranked 15th. Stony Brook, not ranked, but still a tough team. And then after that, 7, Duke, 5, Notre Dame, Albany, at Albany. They're gonna, that's going to be a yeah. hostile environment. And they're receiving votes too, because why wouldn't they? 13, Cornell, 4, UNC, 1, Virginia, 5, Notre Dame. Yeah. There was maybe one easy game left on that schedule, and it's at Stony Brook, and I would not call that an easy game. No, but we did next Long Island this weekend because all of your Spolinas belong to us. All of your so, Spolinas do belong to now us. That, now that we've officially defeated Big Joe on the year, all of your Spolinas next year belong to us. Joey Spolina next year. Joe, Steve, next year is going to be so much fun because you're going to have a healthy Owen Hiltz and Joey Spolina playing on the same attack line. Mm-hmm. I that can, is going to yeah. be nuts. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be fun. Also, I was telling Andy this. Uh, before the game, I think I saw Owen Hiltz on the sideline. I couldn't quite confirm it was him um, just by face. Yeah. Uh, but I think I saw him on the sideline. He's in a sling. So Okay. That's not great. So Yeah, so that's, so that's the injury he unfortunately suffered. That'll do it. The dreaded upper that's body injury fun. strikes again. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's not fun. And at that, we're going to do halftime with like 20 minutes to go. <laughs> but uh, Homefield Apparel, thank you as always for sponsoring the podcast. Homefield Apparel, makers of fine vintage collegiate apparel for many, many, many schools that you like and many that you don't. But their designs are so cool, you'll probably end up liking that school in a weird way. Uh, use the promo code NUNES, N U N E S, to get 10% off your first order of Homefield Apparel t shirts, joggers, hoodies. Crewnecks. They do stickers now. So, you know, just anything vintage in college, you should go to Homefield Apparel. We need auto joggers. I've asked Connor. He blocked me on his email. I can't spam him anymore with auto jogger talk. It's sad. Talk to no no escalators and have them put in a good word for us. Listen, no escalators proved that being a Twitter troll actually does pay off. So yeah, might just turn to Twitter now. Oh, so we need a so we need a Twitter troll to get us home field apparel. Look yes, at Kevin. Well, yeah, well, we, yes, we have Kevin. We also have a powerful person by the name Sean Keeley. <laughs> get after it, buddy. Get after it. Unleash the Keeley. <laughs> Don't unleash the Keeley. That's a dangerous thing for society. Never, never go full Keeley. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to transition that, but we're just gonna we're just gonna transition from there. Uh, let's talk about sad well, I, things. I, I was actually thinking though, uh, randomly, still on the home field thing, 
uh, before you quickly segue away, the I was wearing this cap shirt, and I like I normally am wearing a home field shirt when we're doing this show. I was like, they got to get a Marvel license and like get a classic. Think of like home field classic Hawkeye uh, shirt or something. <laughs> I mean, they shouldn't do that because Andy will have to look for alternate means of work if that happens. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, he my may, entire. He, Paycheck will go to shirts. Please, somebody help me. My right, family is dying. Right. He may be, may be looking for a, a new a new wife and a new job soon, exactly. if that happens. Exactly. <laughs> Internet, $100 a month. Food, well, $90 well, a what, month. Home well, field t-shirts, $3,000. Help me. The good thing about home field this week is that they release still annoy shirts, which means they release Syracuse shirts. Right. Mm. Are they the same exact design, just with minor tweaks? <laughs> ask, ask Tommy DeVito. Too soon? Yeah. Oh, that too, makes me too, sad. too soon? Oh. I, mean, I mean, Tommy DeVito just scrubbed out the one on his jersey and is right. good, so. I wonder if I, I'm waiting for him to just bring his Syracuse jersey and wear it and see if anybody notices. <laughs> if anybody notices. Spoiler alert, they will not. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, well, unfortunately, what we did notice was that women's basketball went through a gauntlet of a stretch this week. They had to play three games in a week. Um, they played Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday, and they went 0 for 3. Uh, they lost a close one to Florida State. They got boat raced by Virginia Tech. And then NC State did what a top, you know, an expected Final Four team would do to Syracuse. So... The women only have two games left on the year. Um, both are this week. They play Thursday uh, against Wake, and then they play Sunday against Boston College, and that ends their regular season. And in, you know, expecting that those two games, you know, Syracuse might split those. They might sweep those. Either way, they will finish the regular season with a losing record. Uh, or the regular season, I should say, with a sub-500 record. Uh, the best they could potentially do is 13 and 15. They currently are 11 and 15. Uh, it's obviously the season went started under less than ideal circumstances. Technically, Syracuse is still under a uh, Vaughn Reed is the acting head coach. He's not the full time head coach of the future. And I think that. Syracuse is going to be in a position where post ACC tournament, the season will be done and Reed's future is going to probably be the most pressing question facing either basketball program. If only because that decision is squarely on Syracuse admin and not a situation of does the coach want to return or not. And so like, I don't, again, I don't necessarily know if either of you has like too many thoughts on this, but it does kind of feel like, this experiment didn't necessarily go the way that people thought it would go. They wanted to keep um, the continuity, but I think <laughs> I, I think it didn't go the way that Syracuse Athletics wanted it to go. I think it way it went the way that most people outside the program thought it would go. Let's put that's, it that way. That's actually probably the most accurate summation. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I think most of us here, um, especially on the site, we I think we could all see like that naming Reed as the interim head coach, and this is no disrespect to Reed. He's a he he's a great coach, especially under Coach Q. He was a great coach. Um, um, just seemingly from what was told about him, I just think um, given the situation, 
that was placed upon him. It just wasn't exactly the right move to make at the time, given the state of the program. Um, it felt like this was always a, okay, this is a always destined to fail solution. Yeah. And lo and behold, it has indeed failed. Right. Um, he was, through, he was no, through, no fa- through no fault of his own. Right. Yeah, he was Oscar the Grouch in the middle of a trash can fire. Like, mm-hmm. everything was literally blowing up around him. He got elevated, and I don't think anyone who had a rational thought about it was yeah. expecting him to succeed when he had 12 of 13 scholarship players new. Yep. So. And the only returning scholarship, and the only returning scholarship player who got significant minutes out for the season. Oh, the yeah, I forgot about that one, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like the only that. returning, <laughs> the only returning player was Tisha Hyman, yeah. and, she, and while she's been good this year, like she didn't get minutes last year, right. and 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 Priscilla Williams would have been nice to have, but yep, yeah, it's Just, at, it's at this point, at at this point, like first, like yeah, it, it just feels like more could have been done to salvage the state of the program for the future at the beginning of this whole debacle. There needed to be more of a hard reset and a more of a hard plan towards the future. Because even if you... Because it's a sticky situation even if you keep Reed as head coach. Not just because... Not because of his on-court results, but of just the past he's tied to through, uh, through no fault of his own. Which is just the unfortunate thing about the whole situation. Yeah, yeah. and like sticking to just on the core results, if you look at the the team stats, Syracuse is pretty even with most of their opponents in, in three point shooting. They actually have a positive turnover differential. They they seem to be doing a lot of the things that you want. The issues are they are getting out rebounded by almost ten rebounds per game, which is not great. And as a team, they're shooting sub 40% from the field while their opponents are shooting almost 44% from the field. Like that right there is those two things alone. If you can't shoot as good as your opponents and you can't rebound nearly as good as your opponents, you're not going to win very many games. It feels feels like we tried to install the same Q system that was there before, play hard defense and shoot a lot of threes. And just unfortunately, uh, um, even at, even if you were a first-time head coach with this team, um, it's I don't think necessarily the you you could argue if it's the right system or not just to play, but I I feel like there should have been maybe an opportunity to carve out if if for Reed at least to carve out his own style. If that was the style he was intending to, then fair play, then fine. But I think there was more opportunity to not just to move on and create a different identity as well, um, other than the old Syracuse style. And yeah. it's yeah, the especially it's, since we we saw that style had had a really great high mark. Like Syracuse mm-hmm. got to a national championship game. There's no shame in that, and that team was really good. Mm-hmm. The problem was is that every single year after that, there was incredible inconsistencies all season long that led to an early tournament exit against a not as good team that didn't even go on to make a Cinderella run. Yep. It's, it's weird. Like 
I'm going to do the thing. He's trying to stick with a system that's passed on, or pa- the, the game is kind of passed on at this point, and the personnel that he has don't match the system. Yeah. Does that sound for Mill Gear? <laughs> well, you know, time is a flat circle. Syracuse is a flat basketball. I I don't I don't really know. Well, don't say that. Do not say that you are going to steer conspiracy theories. <laughs> this is exactly the rabbit hole we do not want to fall down. Beheim the flake gate. Central New York. Central New York is now on fire. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Buddy, Buddy's, a... Buddy is under under inflating the basketball so that he has a softer rim to shoot on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he did all of a sudden. His stats did magically change one day. He went from not very good to very good in the span of one game. We we should check those basketballs. <laughs> oh, that was a terrible transition. But here we are. We have transitioned to men's basketball, who played one game this week. Uh, they played Boston. And do College. we care? <laughs> I mean, well, this is the thing. They played Boston College, who, even without Jesse Edwards, we really feel like they should have won. And they did. Uh, This week, though, this is actually what I want to talk about with men's basketball, because they beat Boston College. Great. They did what they were supposed to do. Good luck. This week, they have three games for the first time since the beginning portion of the season. So that whole playing the bench thing that Bayheim has been a bit more open to doing, this is probably the week where you got to play the bench more. And (laughs) tomorrow, the Orange have Georgia Tech at home, who is not very good. You should probably win that basketball game. Then you have at Notre Dame and home for the Duke game. Um, I'm just going to say it off the top. My expectation is that Syracuse goes one and two. If things go sideways, they could obviously go 0-3, but that's highly unlikely. The reason I'm pointing all this out is that Syracuse is two games above 500 for the regular season. We talked about oh, it a lot. Boy. Oh, boy. There are one, two, three, four, five games left. So Syracuse is either going to finish above 500 or under 500. They will not finish. Uh, I uh, Yes, I, I don't think yeah, they can finish right on the nose. No. So... Given this week's games and that they finished the year at North Carolina and home against Miami, does Syracuse finish with a winning record this year? No. No. Oh, <laughs> I am. I think Syracuse and we, we I forget if I'm wrong here. John had John was the one who did the piece that like Syracuse finishes like every year in the ACC two and six, except for the one year where they won the ACC. Right. Like this is a thing that Syracuse does. Yeah. And the schedule looks like that. Yeah. Because they, <laughs> if they beat if they beat Georgia Tech and drop the last four, they will again finish the year two and six, which would put Syracuse's record at fifth at sorry. If they win one more game, they go to 15. They lose four straight. They'd be 15 and 16. Mm hmm. Oh, I do not know what Central New York will look like with a 15 and 16 men's basketball team going. Into I will the be leave- I will be leaving very shortly. <laughs> I mean, where are they going to get the win-, the win from? Like, legitimately, just it- it's gotta. There it's was, almost gotta come was, to Notre Dame. I think. I think it could come against Miami. Hmm? 
at home, at home, Miami's defense is horrendous, but so is Syracuse's. Right. So that game will be a 90-point game for both teams. So does Jim Beheim or Jim Beheim win? <laughs> uh, uh, Larry David. Okay. Fair enough. That should be who that should be who Weissman brings for the game. Just bring Larry David and cause mass confusion. You should yes. bring Larry David and Bernie Sanders. God, that would be amazing. It's all of the old, all the old white. You should actually, you should actually bring Bernie Sanders because it will give Bernie another chance to wear his mittens on live TV. True. Oh. Very true. I would appreciate if all four, like just the photo op of all of them standing next to each other and just like make sure that they all are wearing the same thing because oh, yeah, yeah that is a I have no idea who well, well, what's, well, what's it, it will be it will be very it will be very very good because it will actually be an actual chance to see the Spider Man meme in the wild oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's the definition of what's the difference between these two pictures they're the same picture they're the same picture. <laughs> My favorite office joke. My absolute favorite favorite office joke. Um, the so uh, this is something to watch out for. This week will pretty much determine if Syracuse is going to be on that path. Because yeah, if they win, if they win two out of the three this week, even if they drop the last two, um, they, it'll you know they they should finish clear. So and if they go zero three, trying to get a win at North Carolina and home against Miami is going to be tough. Exactly. So there's lots of different ways that this can play out, uh, but I just realized that we're at that point where things are getting weird. Uh, and this is the I think that there was a lot of talk at the beginning of basketball season that we were going to end up here. Then they went on that little winning streak and we thought that they weren't going to end up here. And now that it's staring us in the face, we're right back to where we started, which is Syracuse potentially finishing under 500 for the first time in Jim Beheim's career. And that is the most Syracuse thing that could happen. Ooh, I, the Cooney Law. Yeah, I. It's it's weird. I I still I still think Dennis Green said it best. We are, or they are, who we thought they were. Like, and we let them off the hook. There's no like <laughs> when we going into the season. This is what we thought they were going to be. We thought they'd be better on offense. We thought the defense was going to be bad. We just didn't realize how bad. Or that the offense wasn't going to be as good as we thought it was going to be. We we also we also we also thought that only having eight guys to play would be a bad idea. Uh-huh. Turns out it was. Yes, that is an accurate statement. <laughs> there is no <laughs> there's no way to spin it where having eight guys to play a college basketball season is going to work out in your favor. It's just bad. I I do not do uh <laughs> yes. do not disagree with any of that. My yeah. brain is just literally processing all of this and realizing that next week's show could go one of two directions based on how this week and how the Duke game goes. All so, of us yeah. dressed all, all of us dressed up in a white shirt and a black tie. <laughs> we are here today to honor the life. <laughs> oh don't don't threaten me with a good time. Instead of the noons intro, we're getting the funeral march. <laughs> Uh, or if they go three and zero, Jim Beheim is going to post. He's going to get a Twitter account and post the already uh, already showed up to my haters. Funeral God, if Beheim gets, gets another Twitter account that he doesn't run by Pete, it's incredible. <laughs> just just to post one meme that he heard about meme. Buddy talking about when he tried no, no, to explain no, the no, no. trade. 
No, what he does, what the the gif he posts is that one gif uh, where his face is superimposed onto Mr. Beans, and it's him flipping off the people in the convertible. Mm-hmm. Have you not seen that gif? Absolutely. No. Oh yes. What? <laughs> yeah. What? I know. Have I, you, how, wait, Steve, you haven't seen this gif? Oh no, I have. Yeah, I was. Okay. Surpri- I was. That was surprised at Andy not seeing it. I was like, uh, no, okay. I realized I have never actually seen the movie. I've seen the gif because somebody superimposed Bayheim's head on it during one yeah. of the apology tour. Uh, exactly. Posts. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly. That's what I'm referencing. Yeah. Indeed. Yep. Exactly. Well, on that note, uh, we have covered an hour of a path that was non-linear in any way, shape, or form. But we started with football. What the hell are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> we were doing what you do for this show. Thank you to everybody who tunes into this show all the time for all the craziness that you are now stuck with in the post-John world. We appreciate the support. Hey, John, and, post-John and Dan world. Post-John and Dan world. Yes, that's, that is true. Dan is not on the podcast. Uh, he still is in our, in our Slack uh, every so often. So, so if, I, if he wants to show up in the podcast, let us know. Pop on. <laughs> Uh, if you are listening to this on a podcasting platform, uh, thank you so much. Make sure you give us five stars. Uh, make sure you leave a positive review so that way we can trick the algorithm into spreading the word of noons into more places. Uh, if you're watching on Twitch live, thank you for spending <laughs> I mean, your Sunday night with us. <laughs> you made it. He made it sound like the word of noons is a chapter in the Bible. <laughs> I mean, at this point in time, we could probably write a, a new as Troy Noons is an absolute magician, Syracuse Bible, and it would not be a bad seller. It would be a niche seller, but it would move. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't we don't already have that. How to grow an orange? Okay, actually, yeah, we're just going to repurpose that second edition. <laughs> That's the new relaunch. <laughs> That's the remake. We got a Final Fantasy remake. We're getting a, we're getting a How to Grow an Orange remake. Yep, <laughs> and I got to get back to that when we're done, because it's a good game. Yeah, I'm going to go play Horizon after this, uh, because, yeah, that game's addicting as heck. I'm going to go play Pokemon Legends RCS. <laughs> so there you go. There's our gaming recommendations for tonight. Again, uh, thank you to everybody who's watching, uh, listening on whatever platform it is. Give us all the reviews. We really appreciate the support. And we will see you here again next Sunday night, live on Twitch or in your podcast feed when Steve uploads this to talk about the week that was. Go Orange. Go Orange. Go orange.